Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, happy Thursday, episode 932. Today we're going to um, talk to, well actually today is a rewind, today today and Friday, Saturday and Sunday are going to be two rewind episodes that I really, I love. Today we're going to talk to Hal, um, it's going to be, you're going to be able to listen to one of his speeches about dealing with kids um, and uh you know, it's a good, it's a good interview. It's, it's about the psychological part. It's good. You'll love it. Before we do that, big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better, who want to win more games in less time. Go check it out right now. Hit pause, go check out teachhoops, sign up, and then come on back. Be part, part of our community. Also go over and check out Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. You will not be disappointed. All right, let's head off to the podcast. All right, today we're in, it's Thursday. Coach Wilson, I, I want you, you so you you might I think you're the first doctor we've had on PhD. Hey. <laughs> so I want you to describe your basketball journey is probably as unique as anybody, you know, that we've had on the podcast. So I would love for you to kind of go through your your journey as a coach and then you know how you ended up where you are right now, where you're kind of helping other coaches become better coach sure yeah well i was a, a very average player uh <laughs> with a big heart and i ended up walking on at north carolina wilmington for a wonderful head coach uh, jerry wainwright and it was just a transformative experience and started coaching the community in a local inner city program and got the coaching bug um coached in high school in north carolina for a couple of years and then was a graduate assistant at the University of Tennessee for three years. Uh, fortunate enough to win SEC championship, a couple tournaments, uh, Sweet 16. Then uh, uh, partially throughout my wife's career, got out of college coaching, wanted to give her an opportunity to be in a major city. So uh, coached in Atlanta 
for five years and then outside of Athens, Georgia for five years as a high school head varsity boys coach. And I was outside of uh, Athens, Georgia, which is a, a lovely place where the University of Georgia is. I had a, a great, uh, great job. Really enjoyed it. Just thought I was being called in a different direction. And I wasn't sure what that was. Uh, investigated a lot of things. And then the opportunity came to go back to the University of Tennessee to pursue my PhD. Um, and so we, we did that. Sold our house, sold my truck, sold everything. We owned, had an infant daughter. I wasn't sure exactly where it was going to end up. I uh, thought I was going to be teaching sport management, but uh, a position opened at Georgia Southern University in their uh, coaching education department, which was the second nationally accredited program in the country. It was one of only two in the country to be nationally accredited at the undergraduate and graduate level, have a fully online master's program in kinesiology with emphasis in coaching education. It's a really amazing, strong program. And, and Helping coaches is my passion. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. That's what my dissertation was about. Uh, you know, I started my first coaching newsletter in 1996. You know, started a, a company in 2007 helping coaches. And so then this opportunity to come to Georgia Southern, where I've been there five years. I'm now an associate professor of coaching education at Georgia Southern and uh, continued coaching on the side while I was here for four years. Moved over to the girls' side, fortunate enough to win a state championship uh, coaching down here and uh, now focusing completely on just investing in the next generation of coaches. So, coaches, so explain, explain what that program yeah. consists of. Can, I mean, so, so very intriguing. It's probably past my, I'm probably past my prime to, to join. But this would, 20 years ago, this would have intrigued me. So explain to me what the program is, who it applies to, what it, what, what is it, what does it give to the coach? You know, I know like when, I did sure. my master's and stuff and the things I was looking at to become, you know, a better teacher, a better, all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, my master's degree is in sport management. If, if there had been a coach that I was aware of, I, I would have certainly done that. I, I mean, right. I, obviously I'm biased, but I'm really impressed by our program. All of the instructors are full-time professors who are coaches or were coaches. And we have everybody, because it's fully online, we have people from all over the country. We have right. Division One head coaches, NAIA head coaches, school coaches, high school coaches, every sport. And that's one of the neatest things is being able to learn from the coaches in other sports. Like uh, I mean, we've had martial arts instructors, uh, equestrian coaches, and then every other sport you can imagine. Um, but we, we take you through uh, – there are eight domains and 40 in America, which I wasn't even aware of when I, for the first 18 years I coached. Right. Uh, the national – for, for sports coaches but if i had known i would have been a better coach faster right so our program is on those and so uh we we, we cover all of those and give you everything to be a, a better coach faster uh, we've had tremendous feet uh we don't really advertise uh, unlike some of the programs that have popped up it's all word of mouth our cohorts are we have two cohorts that we admit in april every year that are always packed with high quality people i mean i just absolutely love it because we have people that are passionate about coaching so right. it, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's, uh, I always tell my students, it's like, it's, and I'm a math teacher. I said, find, find the, something you love to do, something that loves you back and something that pays well. And if you find those three things, life will be good. You know, most Jackpot, people have a hard right. time finding that intersection of those three circles, but if you sure. can, yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of coaches that, that listen to this, that love, love coaching. So how long does it take? to do the different programs? So the master's degree is 14 months. So you start one summer and you're done at the end of the next summer. So it's, okay. it's 
you know, it's packed in. You take two classes a term. Um, you know, so we cover everything. You know, it, it prepares you if you want to get your, you know, CSCS. If you're into strength and conditioning, you're prepared. You could go ahead and, and sit for that exam. Practice analysis. We talked about right. uh, skill analysis. We talk about uh, sociology. I mean, everything is a holistic look at coaching and everything that goes into it and the discourse analysis of how coaches are portrayed in the media and how that impacts the way you coach your team, even subconsciously. We look at your past experiences, you know, and so it's, um, it's a cohort model. So you come in with a group, you get close with a group of about 30 other coaches and uh, they always learn a lot from each other, from interactions with each other. And so it's, it's a really high quality, um, Thing. If people are, are looking into it, we have it's amazing. I mean, it amazes me sometimes. I mean, we'll have people that have coached for 30 years that just right. want to be a better coach, right? That come, and then we have people that are doing it because they're trying to get a pay raise. Uh, right. They're teachers. We have people that are that are assistant college coaches and feel like they need to get a master's to help them uh, be competitive to, to get a, a head job. We have people that are small college. A lot of times, as you know, in small college, you're going to have to teach a course or something right. in addition to your <laughs> yeah. coaching duties. Right. right. So this qualifies you for that because of accreditation issues. You have a degree higher than what you're teaching. So if you're going to teach undergrads, you need to have a master's degree. So there's a lot of different reasons people do it. Um, but I've been uh, learning from all the students. Right. And it, yeah. So, so, um, okay. So does it, does it go through like coaching philosophy? Does it go through interacting with students? I mean, what what would be something that you could unpack for our listeners that you think is, valuable not only from from obviously your program but as being a coach either a youth coach or a high school coach or a college coach what are some what are some what are some tools you think you could help the people that are listening to this or me to be well, honest sure. i mean uh, i mean obviously the buzzword nowadays is culture right everybody right. talks about the culture and there was a thing going around the internet where somebody had sliced together every introductory press conference you know, and, and according to the introductory press conference, everybody's going to play fast, going to play exciting, and everybody's going to have a great culture. Well, culture is who you are, right? You can't change your culture unless you have a philosophy. The philosophy is who you want to be. So we, we take a hard look at your philosophy. We look at your influences, uh, you know, who influenced you. It could be somebody you played for or taught you. It could be somebody, uh, you know, you see on, on television, a professional coach or college coach you admire. Uh, it could be somebody, a fictional coach from the movies or whatever. We look at all those influences. We, like I said before, we look at the discourse analysis of how coaches are portrayed in the media. And, and we look in, so into our personal experience. And then we have the second level is what I call a personal research. So all good coaches are always trying to learn from their peers. You know, are you going to other practices? Are you going to... Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um I'd like to give a big shout out to teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. They, they allow us to keep these podcasts moving and chugging and uh, allow us to pay the bills. Um, so it's one way that you can give back. If you love these podcasts, come over and join for a couple of months. The 14 day free trial, kick the tires around. And we've got lots of great new things going up on a daily basis. We would love if you subscribe and like um, wherever you, you do that, Apple, Spotify, um, and then go over and check out our other two podcasts, uh, High School Hoops and Teacher Sidegate. I think you'll love them. All right, let's head back to the podcast. You know, other workouts. Are you going to college practice or whatever it might be? So are you reading books? Are you on podcasts like this? Right. You know, what are you doing to try and get better? And then what I didn't get to do when I was coaching, because you're so focused on your team, and if you're a teacher, on your teaching and your family and all these other things, so the third level is peer-reviewed research. 
So this is where people now, like me, professors go and they study something and that, that research has to be approved by institutional review board. It's sent out to other experts that say, yes, this makes sense, this is done well, it's good stuff, and then it, it, it gets published. So uh, somebody asked me today, like, what are you reading? Well, I, I get to read all day, every day about coaching. I mean, it's the greatest thing ever, and, and it right. might be from anywhere around the world, but it zeroes in on a specific topic. And so what I try to do now is, like the people that are in our master's program, they don't have time to go read all the latest journals right. in sports <laughs> psychology and, and biomechanics. And all that. So I right. try and you know, dig through that for them because of my experience with over 20 years coaching boys and girls, high school, college, middle school, you know, inner city, rural. I've been in just about every setting you can think of. And what applies, what helps you connect with today's athletes, with today's parents, with today's administrators to be more effective and so that's really what we focus on. And certainly it always, in fact, in that the undergraduate level, you know, I teach a bunch of undergraduate courses. And no matter what course I'm teaching, whether I'm teaching, uh, I have a course called Coaching Olympic Sports, whether I'm teaching our coaching basketball, whether I'm teaching strength and conditioning course, we always start with philosophy, number one. Okay. But nothing else matters if your philosophy is not right. right. And when I was a young coach, I wasn't sure. You know? It was about and the so perfect out-of-bounds play. I swear to God, it's not <laughs> – you know, it's like there's not a bottle bottles play that you're going to ever learn that's going to help you win more than like culture and philosophy and all those things. Um, well, I, I remember hearing you at the clinic in, 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 in Georgia and you talked about, and I've, and I've tried to, I haven't gone back and watched it, but it's like you close your eyes and you think about the person that was most influential. Can you unpack that again? Do you remember that? Well, it's kind of like we were just saying, you know, I usually, I'll ask coaches, you know, can you think of a coach who had a positive impact on you? Right, right? I and can. It's usually, yeah. And it's usually the thing that doesn't come to mind is, like you said, that out-of-bounds play. You know, I tell a story. I had a young man play for me named Jacob Hollis, and we had three teams. We had a ninth-grade team, JV and a varsity. This kid wanted to make the team so bad, and he comes in, and I did always do cuts face-to-face. You right. know, even when I had 150 kids try out for my team one year when I was at a large high school, 3,500 kids. I had 150 tryouts, you know, so every cut face-to-face. So I'm face-to-face with this kid, and I get to tell him he makes the team. He's so nervous, his legs bouncing, you know, and he cries tears of joy. He's so happy he's made the ninth-grade team. Right. You know, I wasn't the best player, but his heart and soul was into it. And wake up to me the next year, right before tryouts, and he sits down, and his legs bouncing again. He's nervous, and he says, Coach, I just I feel like uh, I'm going to have to give up basketball. Uh, I feel like I'm being called to try and grow our Fellowship of Christian Athletes chapter here at the school. I was just blown away by a 10th grader, you know, doing this. Well, a couple months later, it turns out uh, he's got a tumor on his spine. They removed the tumor. He, he, he can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. He's going through chemo. He's all off. I go to visit him at the Ronald McDonald house, you know, and he's like, Coach, no, you sit down, and I'm going to get you your meal. I'm going to go through the line. I'm like, no, no, Jacob. He's like, Coach, sit down. I got you. And he says, you know, I just wish I could run some more sprints. You know, how many times do our players – and complain about conditioning. Right. He's wishing he could do it one more time. You know, he came in and out of cancer remission, comes out sadly, tragically, he ends up passing away. While I, this is a couple of years after I've left North Oconee, uh, the high school outside of Athens, Georgia, got my PhD. I'm now at Georgia Southern teaching. And I go back to the funeral about three or four hours back uh, to the Athens area and go through the receiving line. His mother's there and his mother, uh, grabs me and she's not a big one and she grabs me and is, is just shaking me and she's going thank you thank you 
thank you for how you treated my child. And she didn't say, thanks for that press offense. Right. Thanks for that out-of-bounds play. Thanks for that defense. That is the most important thing. And any coach that's been in any length of time knows that. We get so caught up in the minutia of the latest. The Warriors ran this, and and the Raptors did that. But that's not what's most important. And that's not what they're going to remember. You know, you've been doing this long enough. When you hear from people you coached 20 years ago, that's not what they talk about. Actually, no. (laughs) No. No, I've guys playing in the NBA, and they talk about bus rides. They don't talk about like you know. They talk about like remember that one time in the locker room. It's like really that's what you remember that season. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> that's that was impressionable to them. It was like it. It's sometimes that one. I had a kid come back from like six or seven years ago, and it was one conversation in my room for five minutes about life things, and that's what impressed. I saw him every day for four years. It's like it's that it's right. that impression that you can make. Um, what do you think the hardest thing to teach is, like as a coach? The hardest thing to teach, well, uh, p- probably uh, competitiveness. <laughs> you right. know, I had a an argument with a assistant coach uh, last place I was a head coach, and she said, "Well, they either have it or they don't." And I don't accept that because they have they have a certain level of it, but it's our right. job to raise it wherever it is. Right. To design practices to build competitiveness. They might not be as competitive as you want them, but by golly, you could make them more competitive. Right. Okay? Yeah, you can put something on it, but I mean that's the thing. I mean you can't push a rope, but um, you know that they've got to have some fire in the belly naturally. But you can build an environment that increases that. That's true. I never thought that. that, that yeah. Um, is there one thing like when, when you were coaching or that you've learned over the things that we could like, that either is a, a success or a failure or something that we could unpack that would help the coaches listening? Well, I, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is the intentionality, you know, like a building a relationship with how your entire program is designed. I mean, if I asked you right now, if I, went to your players, one of your listeners' players, and said, tell me what coach is about. Could they tell me your core values? Could they tell me your philosophy on offense and defense? Right. And it's not how much we know as a coach, and it's not how much we can transfer to our players. It's what they do under pressure. Right? And as the SEALs say, you think to the level of your training. So what are you going to do when you're under pressure? And that only happens in an intentional alignment of what your outcome is. You know, and, and all of your listeners, and, and you know as a teacher – and I've been fortunate enough to design enough courses at the college level that you start with your outcome. What is your intended right. outcome, right? And from your outcome, you work backwards and you say, how am I going to assess this, right? And then how am I going to achieve it? What activities am I going to do, right, to master this, to reach that outcome? And so if you plan your practices, and that's what I got so much better at, and that's what I, I wish I'd known, instead of doing, hey, you know what, I really like this drill when I was a player. Or my coach, or I went to this clinic, you know, and this championship coach had this drill. Right. So, therefore, I'm going to do that drill versus here's what we believe in, right? I know it. You know it. We reinforce it every day. We're going to do these drills to reinforce that. We're going to measure it. And, and the point is not exactly what drills you do, but, for example, I, I stole a shooting drill from Joe Champy, who was a Hall of Fame women's coach at Auburn. Right? And I, I saw the shooting drill. And, and so I took it and I adapted it and, and we did this shooting drill and the players knew it, the parents knew it. And it was, we called it to get the green light. If you want the green light to shoot, here was the drill. Here's the standard you have to meet. 
So now I'm not the bad guy saying, little Johnny can't shoot. Here's the standard. I want all of you to hit it. And, I'm, and even my last team, I mean, I had a parent come up to me and say, you know, that his daughter, I said, well, how are things going? He said, well, she's working really hard to be a green light shooter. So now it's transparent. It's out there. You know, it's, it's not out biased against your kid. And we're aligned. Our drills you know, are aligned to that. They know we're going to test it. They know they're going to be rewarded. It's clear and it's game-like. And, you know, we had, had a, that, for that team, skill development was a premium. Right. I don't know what that's not a premium, but so, for this team especially, we, we couldn't throw it in the ocean. Right. <laughs> so we so, all had those. So so let's talk about let's let hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like. Um we love those. Um and send me an email, Steve at teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.